This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Go check out all of our past episodes, MarkingOut.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, whatever you want to go to, Spotify, whatever the cool kids are listening to podcasts on, make sure you find Marking Out. Also check out all of our t-shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at MarkingOut if you did not know already. Follow me, Dave, on Twitter and on Instagram at DavidPTDPT. Also, I am alongside here with Brandon. Follow him on both of those at BTTG161. And make sure you check out Chris Windog. Good old Chris. But, as I said, I am here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I am doing awesome as always on episode 550 of Marking Out. Yes, that, marking out eleven. Yes, on Instagram after, and YouTube. Yes, after all of that uh, talk about reminding what episode number this is, <laughs> and making sure that I knew it was episode five hundred and fifty, I leave out the most important part of that entire thing. But that's why I got Brandon. So what's up, Brandon? Not much. How was your week? My week was good. My week was good. It went by. Always goes by quick. Uh, this past Friday, I actually went to Jersey City to meet up with a bunch of friends. Um, that was, that was really very fun. It was me and a few people I work with, a few of my uh, friends, and, uh, that was great. I had, I got to have, uh, an Indian food called paneer. It is, it's cheese. Yeah, it's pretty much, uh, cheese. It's cheese, but it was, uh, paneer in Marsala, Marsala? Masala. Wine? That doesn't sound right. Masala. Ma- masala. Like chicken ma- masala. Yeah, masala. Masala. Yeah, so it was paneer <laughs> masala. And that was delicious. I It was unbelievable. I could not stop eating that. One thing that I was... I forgot the name of it. But there were these very, very spicy vegetarian... Uh, not meatballs. Um, and I just could not do it. I tried a little bit... But my spice tolerance is not high at all. It is actually very, very low. Um, what about you? How are you with the tolerance of spice level? Um, I don't mind spice, but like I, I don't think it can be super spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm more of a mild person, but this was way too up there, so I stuck to the paneer. But paneer is unbelievable. I counting that in the days till I get to have paneer again. Um, okay, maybe I'm not really counting that in the days, but you get the point. Um, <laughs> besides that, I actually I went to a bar mitzvah this past weekend as well, um, which was a little bit nerve wracking because with everything taking place right now with COVID. Um, but people had masks on. Some people didn't have masks on. Some people like it was weird at the fir- at the start of it. You're greeting your family, and you're like, um, do we hug? Do we bump elbows? Do we handshake? <laughs> do we, like, do I take down my mask to give you a kiss? Do I 
keep my mask up while we're hanging out. Like it's it, in your family. What are you doing? It's not the South. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I, but like you, you just, it was a very weird moment where you just didn't know what to do. Like um, you didn't know how to greet people. That was that was like with the when I went to that baby naming in May. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, but then it just like felt normal. Yeah, after a little bit, it did start to feel a little bit normal. Um, I still kind of kept my distance here and there. You know, I didn't try when there was a crowd on the dance floor. I kind of found my way to the far side of the dance floor. Um, but hey, how was the food though? Most importantly. Let's see. The food was good. You know, I took full advantage of the hors d'oeuvre hour, the cocktail hour. I had a <laughs> steak fajita um, loaded with steak. Steak fajita with sour cream and some cheese. I had a, a cheeseburger slider. I had a, uh, what was it? A, Wait a, a minute. Beef, Wait a, a minute. beef patty. A beef Wait jerky a patty. Oh, I went, I went to every... I tried to have but a little no, bit no, no, of everything. No. You went to a bar mitzvah and had steak with sour cream. You had cheeseburgers. Oh, well. What kind of bar mitzvah is that? <laughs> well, how's this one? The, uh, what was it? Oh, the shrimp cocktail. Variety. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to pop. The shrimp cocktail came with a side of bacon bits. Wow. What yeah, a fancy yeah. bar mitzvah. <laughs> yeah, like the bacon, like the it was like chunks, it was like little bits of bacon. I think it was like on either on the shrimp or off to the side on something else. I forgot what it was on, but I was just like, "Huh, very kosher, very very kosher." But then the main course was a uh, was uh, steak. Lobster. Po- uh, no, 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 uh, steak and potatoes. And I'm always a fan of steak and potatoes because I am that guy that combines the steak with the potatoes. I am that lunatic where I like to take uh, I like to take a little stab my fork into the steak and then I like to scoop up some mashed potatoes onto that steak and then I chow down. You On know? the other side of things, I'm the lunatic that uh, that eats it one by one. You know, if I didn't combine it, with that, usually I am the one that eats one thing before the other. Usually. But when it comes to the mashed potatoes, I'll combine it with anything. I mean, maybe I, I just I'm not like a big it. mashed potato guy. Really? Yeah. I love mashed potatoes. I love shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie yeah, is I delicious. Don't, uh... You don't partake? Well, I mean, it's just a big heaping of mashed potato and minced meat. Pretty much. That's really all it is. But, yeah, what about you? How was your week? Well, I also ventured out. Oh, where to? Which I, uh, well, so I had my doctor appointment, and normally I'd, uh, well, not normally. Occasionally I would get, like, a food to take out or whatever from a restaurant, Grand Lux or, or Cheesecake Factory. Here I was feeling, like, super iffy, but I ended up going to Cheesecake Factory, which... It definitely felt way more weird than it felt going to Grand Lux in May. After I saw Black Widow, now that, like, everyone's like, Delta variant, Delta variant, Delta variant. And yeah. I'm like, S.H.I.E.L.D. But I, I don't know. I, it was 
really weird because you walk in. First of all, if you've been watching the news and you're listening to this, then maybe you would know that New York City has already, in order to get into places like restaurants, bars, uh, gyms, concerts, sporting of indoor sporting events, you need to show your your vaccine passport gimmick. Mm-hmm. You need to be wearing a mask. Here, though, it's just like some people are wearing them, some people aren't. Yeah, no, it's... And, of course, people that are not wearing it should be wearing it at times, you know? And, like, I mean, even, like, people that were working there mm-hmm. weren't. And it's like, oh, man, I, this is, like, weird because I don't know how to feel. I truly don't. I was wearing my mask. It's hard to eat with that on, but... <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely... It's weird when you go into, like, a store or a restaurant and you see them with the masks down or... Like, if they have the chin strap going, it's like, well, why do you have it then? You know? <laughs> it, it Like, as a worker, it just doesn't make sense to me. Either keep it up or take it off. But, yeah, I totally get it. And it's like, I, I tentatively have a trip scheduled for November to Florida. Oh. But I don't know... I don't know if I'm going to feel up to it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's very, very, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, but uh, stuff that's not weird, stuff that we do know. (laughs) Yeah, something. (laughs) That is for sure. We're going to call it Pro Wrestling Talk, and we're going to call it some Monday Night Raw. Monday Which kicks off with Randy Orton saying that he doesn't need friends. And that last week he would have won with or without Riddle last week. I think, did I say last week he said? Yeah. I feel like I said last week twice. No, no, you said once. Oh. (laughs) In my head, like, I heard myself say last week, he blah, 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 last (laughs) week. But, uh, yeah, so Randy Orton's out there, by the way, wearing an RK Bro sweatshirt but riddle came out so that randy orton was just teaching him a lesson and begged randy orton to let him be in his corner for his match and this brings out aj styles and amos the raw tag team champions aj um indirectly directly referenced our picture of the week last week by saying rk no yes thank you very much for uh being a follower uh we appreciate yeah. it But AJ Styles then challenged Riddle to a match, and then Riddle touted Randy Orton being in his corner, but Randy Orton left. AJ Styles then picked up the victory over Riddle, which I thought was a very fun match. I agree. I thought that this was a a very good match, and what's funny is that if this was a PW... I feel like this was a PWG match, you know, and... The crowd, like some of these matches that WWE is putting on, are those caliber of um, IWC matches that people just love, and that one of them would be an AJ Styles versus Matt Riddle, um, and I thought that this match was great. Yeah, I liked the uh, the selling from AJ Styles and Matt Riddle when AJ had the calf crusher locked in, mm-hmm. and Riddle's like 
trying to inch all over to the the ropes to grab it. Yeah. And then the finish of the match I thought was really cool. AJ Styles crotched uh, Riddle off the, the, the top rope and moved him into position, like almost like a razor's edge or a dominator, into the Styles Clash. Mm-hmm. It was a cool setup. Yeah. But I think uh, Riddle was interviewed later on and was kind of just sad that Randy Orton left him by himself. So yeah, that's it, to be expected. Um, After that, we course. saw Rhea Ripley pick up the victory over Nikki Ash. A-S-H. Uh, Charlotte interrupted the match last week, so they did this match again. And she came out before the match to watch it. Um, and honestly, as much as I didn't really need this match, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah... It was like good. when they announced that this match was taking place, I was pissed because I don't want like it's like rematch, rematch, yeah, rematch, it didn't, rematch, rematch. I don't know. I'm gonna disagree with you. It really didn't do anything for me on this match. I I I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it. And then afterwards, Nikki Cross got pissed off. She attacks Charlotte Flair. Flair gets in the ring. Rhea Ripley joins in. So I like that. And then. Later on, Charlotte was pissed off. She went to Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville, and they were like, "Well, you could find yourself a partner, and and team up against them." So she left with that, which we'll speak about later. Now, next up, you had Drew McIntyre pick up the victory over Veer and Shanky. Um, I can't. I hate to say this. I can't get into this, and I hate saying this because um, I am a fan, you know. But I just—I don't know. I just can't get into it. What about you? Um, I don't like. I love it. Like I love Jinder Mahal. I just can't get into him and McIntyre again. Jinder Mahal, by the way, fantastic on the bump this week, challenging Goldberg to a match. Talking to Goldberg and challenging him to a match. I thought it was really <laughs> funny. But I, I don't know. I don't mind it necessarily. I just want more for Veer and Shanky. But because McIntyre won, they are banned from ringside at SummerSlam. If they had won, then uh, Angela would have been banned. But after the match, Veer goes after Drew. Drew gets him. McIntyre did a, a goofy like translating promo. And then got fired up. Cut a promo on Jinder Mahal. So, it's it's not going to be like your main event, main event, like expectations for a match. But maybe it'll be really good. I think it's I think it is going to be a, a really good match. I really do. I know a lot of people were hoping that it'd be a Punjabi prison, but nah, I'm good. I'm okay. But next up, you had another back, another segment with Elias. Um, Sorry, the old Elias can't come to the phone right now because he's dead. Yeah, still dead. Yeah. Um, I still don't know where this is leading to. I, I still think we might be on to something with the Taylor Swift album Lover. 
Um, we can only, <laughs> I mean, maybe he, I mean, we do have that Taylor Swift Red album, that tease that came out. Maybe this is all leading up to there where Elias was actually um, asked to be on a, a recording on that album that's going to be released. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Don't sound too enthusiastic about that one. <laughs> After that, look, I had just different genres. I don't think that's a. I yeah, could don't picture it. Don't hinder the gender. I mean, the uh, the Taylor. It's gonna work out. Elias. But after that, we <laughs> saw the debut episode of Moist TV with Miz as the special guest, and uh, John Morrison basically asked Miz if he's been pretending to be injured. And he was pretty iffy on whether Miz has been lying. Damian Priest came out, questioned the injury, and then Miz said that he was cleared weeks ago, but he's still not 100%. And then John Morrison, like in that joking manner, um, or like a kind of like a bam roasted way, pitched Damian Priest versus the Miz. And then Damian Priest pushed Miz into a kid pool, and uh, Sheamus came out for the match that uh i feel like getting pushed into that pool would hurt yeah it definitely looked a little bit painful <laughs> with the the ending like the uh, not the ending the edges yeah oh yeah those are definitely because my my niece when she was here my mom got that for her mm-hmm. and that pool hurts what did you do to it that it hurt yeah you got hurt by it well, I'm not, not saying, like, I got hurt, but, like, trying to dump the water out, it, it bends and and it's sharp. Yeah, that's why you got you have to use a uh, a bucket a and just... A bucket? I'm not sitting there doing buckets of water like yeah, that. Yeah, you got a bucket just... of water until it's light and then you just tip it over. If not, you're going to crack <laughs> You're gonna crack it. Well, it didn't crack, but... <laughs> but the, the next match that, that followed was Damian Priest picking up that victory over The Miz... Somewhat of a quick match. Um, uh, the, John Morrison leaving the Miz. Yeah, you know, refusing. Miz tried to get the drip stick and he just left. Yeah, he didn't even he didn't let him take that drip stick and walked away, which yeah, was like very Damian surprising. Priest, Priest won that match with the bro kick, which infuriated Sheamus. Sheamus yelled at Priest afterwards for stealing his move and that's that sets up their their match or continues to set up their match yeah we saw miz question why john morrison left him backstage jomo said that he wanted miz to feel how he felt i like that in the background of that though new day some (laughs) shirt promotion yeah buying buy their new t-shirt xavier woods i believe was wearing a uh sing brothers t-shirt i didn't notice but i i like that because at first you see that turn of jomo on the miz and you're like omg what just happened is this a turn is this this and that what could possibly happen and then jomo's just like i just wanted you to feel how i felt and they're like okay i get it i'm sorry you know i like that yeah and then Miz, I believe, I, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I think he might have pitched a new song for SummerSlam. Uh-oh. I've purchased the other two, so. <laughs> <laughs> Safe to say you're going to purchase a new one. Or no, I think I... Did they release Hey, Hey, Hop, Hop? They I don't know if they released Hey, Hey, Hop, Hop. 
But if they if they did, then I definitely think I bought it. But I know I know oh. I own the the first two. Mm-hmm. But uh, after that, we saw Eve Marie tell uh, Dewdrop that she really blew it last week in her match with Alexa Bliss, and she told her to go to Alexa's playground, handle their problem. Eve Marie wants Lily. Mm-hmm. Go to Alexa's playground. Dewdrop shows up, grabs Lily. Lily stares at Dewdrop, and she gives her back to Alexa Bliss. That ends that. She goes yeah. back to Eva Marie. Eva Marie yells at Dewdrop for not having Lily, and she slapped Dewdrop in the face twice. <sighs> so I think we're only a, maybe a few weeks away, perhaps, of my name is Piper Niven. Can't do it. That was a terrible, even it, yeah. remotely close to. <laughs> that was an wow. awful uh, impression. Yeah, wow. That was like, you think that's coming up soon, though? I don't know. Well, we even Marie has the match at uh, at SummerSlam, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. But true. again, who knows if it's going to be Eva Marie and not Dewdrop in that match? True, true. But after that, though, we saw Mansoor pick up the victory over Mace. Mace dominated a, a good chunk of this match. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to say the uh I am very happy that Retribution doesn't have that entrance anymore. Or at least oh, they did yeah, it on the shaking camera. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they don't shake the camera anymore or anything. So it's that's a, the theme song though. Yeah, still the same theme and song, Ali which is still fine. has the has his own version of the the logo as part of his entrance. Huh, true, true. Very true. But in the match, Mansoor had his evasions. But ultimately, it was the dropkick from Mustafa Ali to Mace. So Mansoor was able to reverse uh, into a pin, which the referee has to be blind that they didn't see it. But it's very possible. That was like, to me, a stupid spot. I understand what they were doing with that, but the referee was literally right there. Yeah, very true. Very true. Next up, you had Randy. That is Randy Orton. Pick up the victory over almost by DQ. Uh, this match really ties into that opening battle uh, and the opening promo with Orton. And this match, it was good. I liked I liked it. You know? Yeah, I liked Randy Orton. Went for that RKO, but Amos reversed it. He goes outside of the ring. AJ Styles attacks him. Amos tears Orton apart. Absolutely tears him apart. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles goes for the phenomenal forearm, but Riddle runs down, makes the save. Riddle helps him up. Orton said that respect isn't just given out. It's something that's earned. And because Riddle has his back, he's earned the respect. So RK Bro is back, and then Riddle, on behalf of the team, challenged AJ Styles and Amos to a match at SummerSlam for the Raw Tag Team Championships. I was actually expecting Riddle to hit him with the... Dude, uh, I thought we were going to see him hit the RKO on Orton, too. Yeah, I thought he was going to hit an RKO on Orton. There was a uh, split second there that I definitely thought that. Yeah, I was very surprised that that did not happen. 
But I'm here for RK Bro as tag team champions. Yeah. Yeah. After I'm... that, backstage, what, you don't think so? No, no, no. I'm 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 okay with it. I think that that's fine. Yeah, so backstage we saw Karrion Cross attack Jeff Hardy before the match. You go out to the match, Karrion Cross picks up the victory over Jeff Hardy. Super quick match. Basically just the cross jacket and that was it. Yeah. Um now what with Cross though? Takeover. We'll see. Takeover, he's probably gonna lose the title. That he's just on Monday Night Raw every week. I don't know. I don't like. I don't know what's going to happen to him though. Well, he'll win and lose. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we so. don't even know if Scarlet will be with him. Probably not. Yeah, I know. After that, they showed footage of the twenty four seven championship uh, from earlier in the day. Reggie was at a park. He was approached by a garbage can. A man in one of those ghillie suits and a referee. And uh, he escaped Akira Tozawa and R-Truth, who were dressed as the two things or in the two things. And uh, it was a fun segment. It was a good thing that he had a trampoline over there to jump over his car and escape. Yeah, I I like that uh, (laughs) well-placed trampoline. But it was a fun segment. It was. I think that this, all this stuff with the 24-7 championship and all this stuff with Reggie is highly, highly entertaining. And I, I don't know about you, but I keep on wanting more of it. Yeah. But next up, you had Charlotte and Nia Jax pick up the victory over Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley. Um, it's weird that, to see like Nia Jax in here again. I was I was hoping for a surprise rather than Nia Jax. I don't know who the surprise would have been, but mm-hmm. I don't know. But we saw Charlotte tag herself in. She hits Rhea Ripley with the natural selection. She wins the match. So I guess this was just set up to give her like the one up to make it mm-hmm. look like she'd walk out of SummerSlam as champion. Yeah. Um. But I I don't know. I I don't know if they're trying something new with Nia Jax here. She was doing Rikishi moves. She did the stink face at one point. She even like right before Charlotte tagged herself in with the, to, to win the match. Mm-hmm. It looked like she was probably going up for a bonsai drop and she was doing the, the butt slaps like Rikishi was doing. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I didn't think of Rikishi, but yeah. I mean, I mean that's how could you not? That's literally what he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And I believe Shayna Baszler was watching from the back. So I don't know what what that that'll lead to. Yeah, it's I don't know. And everything with I was expecting more with Baszler, but it seems like she's kind of I don't know out of the picture with everything. But yeah, end of Monday Night Raw though saw Goldberg come out and said that Gage is the reason why he came out of retirement, which we've heard him say before. We got that speech a few years ago. Um, but he basically told him that he needs to be there 
for for that reason. He needs Gage needs to be there live at SummerSlam to watch Goldberg fight Bobby Lashley. Lashley and MVP came out. MVP laid out all the reasons why Goldberg should be afraid of Bobby Lashley. Lashley said he's going to end Goldberg's career. And then Goldberg ends Monday Night Raw spearing Bobby Lashley. Gage hops the barricade. They celebrate. I don't know why they cater to Goldberg and and Cage. Cage or Gage? Gage. Nick? No. Well... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I I don't know why they cater so much to them. Like, I I get it. You want those family moments and stuff like that, like Rey Mysterio and Dominic, and maybe they're trying to hope that at some point they could do a Goldberg with his son. But it just doesn't... I, I don't like it when they do things like that. The it's, kid's 15, and I think... I really do think we'll see him hit a spear on MVP at SummerSlam. I could see that. I could see that for sure. But, yeah. All right. Let's get on to some NXT talk. Kicking off with yeah, William, William Regal. Regal announced that Kushida was not medically cleared. So there will be a Diamond Mind Open Challenge, Diamond Mine Open <laughs> Challenge instead, which was answered by Ilya Dragunov. And he picked up the victory over Roderick Strong. For somebody who has not really seen many matches of Ilya Dragunov, what'd you think of this? I was a fan. I thought that it was a really good match. Um, the I, the fact that he busted himself open with the German suplexes, I thought that that was really cool. Is that when it happened? I think so. Yeah, I think How that. How did you get busted open? Over your I eye think, from that. So I think it happened when he was doing the German suplexes. I think that his head kept on being caught underneath strong during them. So what I think is he did a German suplex and he just landed on his forehead or maybe he scraped his forehead. But I think that's where uh, the forehead spot took place. And he got busted the heck open. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. But it was a, a really good match. Super hard hitting. We saw the Torpedo Moscow get reversed by a really nice knee reversal from Roderick Strong. But Ilya Dragunov kind of dizzily gets up, goes into the rope, hits the the Torpedo Moscow, picks up the victory, which I'm glad that he won before takeover. Mm -hmm. After that, um, or later on, I believe... um, I don't know if it was Mackenzie Mitchell went to go interview Roderick Strong about losing to Ilya Dragunov, but Malcolm Malcolm Bivens cuts it off and says that Ilya is a heavyweight, so the match doesn't even count. Currently, we know Roderick Strong was supposed to face the cruiserweight champion. So I thought that was funny. Yeah. After that, we had a prime target for Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. I don't think there's really much to say from that. It's just a really good video package that they put together. Yeah, I thought it was a great video package uh, altogether. But that was really it. I'm excited for the match big time. Yeah. 
Um, um, next after up, that, we had, we had Hit, Hit Row. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, backstage. Yeah. Um, this entire segment I thought was awesome with... Uh, um, what's his face? Santos Escobar. Yeah, Santos Escobar. Yeah, I thought it was great hype. I mean, that entire brawl backstage, uh, well, I guess outside. I thought yeah, that was like a great that he hype asked, the... He asked Swerve to meet him there one-on-one. He'll give him back his grill. And Swerve went along with it. But Not a Legato good was there waiting, jumped in from behind. Hit Row chases after them. Turns into the brawl, like you said, and, and Hit Row came out on top. I don't know if maybe Legato might want to think about adding a woman to their group. Take on B-Fab. Who would you add? Well, I don't know what her name is now, but she was going by Catalina at one point. She wears a mask. Uh, is she the one that was on as... Um, Sinkara's uh, woman? Yeah. But we've yeah. seen her recently. Her? She's got a different name now. But that's who you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to reject that one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm rejecting that one. I hope not. I hope not. But next up, you had LA Knight pick up... Well, first, offering Josh Briggs $10,000 to beat up Cameron Grimes. Which, of course, Josh Briggs uh, obliged. But unsuccessfully... Uh, Kevin Grimes pick up the victory over Josh Briggs with LA Knight and the Million Dollar Man both at ringside. Yeah, DiBiase was on commentary. LA Knight was on commentary. And DiBiase was like, how about double or nothing if Cameron Grimes wins? And uh, Knight agreed. So he owes Ted DiBiase $20,000. I almost said $20 million. <laughs> And uh, it was honestly, it was uh, somewhat of a quick match. Cameron Grimes won with the cave-in. And then... Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, I mean, he hit the he hit the cave-in. He did hit the cave-in, yes. That I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after the cave-in, he picked up the victory. And then L.A. Knight proceeded to hit him with his finisher on the outside of the ring. Oh, he all didn't. L.A. Knight also hit... Um, Teddy Biasi. Yeah. He smacked Teddy Biasi, yeah. He did. So that only goes into their their match. A takeover. Million Dollar Man apologized to Cameron Grimes for getting Cameron Grimes into all of this. And Grimes is like, it's not your fault. I wanted to be the million dollar champion. I dropped the ball. And Million Dollar Man believed him, believed in him when he stopped believing in himself. So, I think this, we'll see a new Million Dollar Champion. I think we are going to see a new Million Dollar Champion as well. But I still want to see LA Knight destroy the heck out of that title. That's not happening. I, I know, a market dream. After that, though, Zoe Stark and Io Shirai were interviewed, and Io just continues to remind Zoe that they're not friends and that she doesn't like her. I don't get that at all. <laughs> I really don't either. It, for right now, she... Io is just like, I just care about the championship. But then the point where she we don't even speak the same language and stuff? Yeah. It's like, 
we we've heard EO speak English actually very well. Why like why? I don't know. Yeah. But earlier in the night we saw Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae backstage and Indy Hartwell told them of all the things that her and Dexter Loomis have been doing, which like I pop big time for one of those lines where uh, <laughs> she was talking about how they had the cake. The cake was good and he even left room for pie. <laughs> and Johnny's like, pie? There wasn't even pie on the menu. Yeah, Obviously, was... in, in uh, like if you're a wrestling fan from the Attitude Era, you know what pie means. Yeah, you definitely pop. <laughs> <laughs> but India Harwell is now wearing gloves like Dexter Loomis wears. And I think it was a really funny segment to introduce a mixed tag match for them. Which took place later on in this slot. Index picked up the victory over Jesse Kamea and Robert Stone. Robert Stone tried to run away, but Frankie Monet tossed him back in the ring. Monet at one point gets dragged into the ring by Dexter Loomis because she held on to his leg, Michelle Tanner style. She gets kicked from ringside, and then uh, ultimately it was a fun and entertaining match. Yeah. That that My, part with Robert Stone doing the the dive to the outside was like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Now it was like a pause and then complete miss. My, what do you think about the usage of Monet right now? I, yeah, I don't uh, necessarily fully get it, but like I feel like she's just not being used at all. Period. Well, she's being, she's showing her own, like, leadership. Like, they're obviously going to follow her. She's, like, the leader. And Robert Stone's going to cower to her. So, I don't mind yeah, her doing that. I don't know. Also, I'm, Robert Stone having that ponytail I thought was hilarious, too. Yeah, but she's, like, I don't know. I'm not a fan of what they're doing with her right now. And I kind of feel like with everything that's going on, I don't, I don't know if... I don't know what to even expect to see from her. I could unfortunately see her not excelling to the level that everybody knows that she should be at. Maybe it's just like a placeholder right now for, I mean, we know the, the NXT women's championship where that is. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's just a placeholder for when Dakota Kai is out of the picture. Mm -hmm. If she doesn't win. Yeah, yeah. But Could Indy be. Hartwell won the match with Silence, a nice tribute to her loving then-boyfriend, Dexter Loomis. After the match, she goes up to Beth Phoenix. Beth had something for her. She gives it to her. Indy Hartwell gets back into the ring and proposes to Dexter Loomis, and Loomis shook his head yes. I... I love this. I thought it was fantastic. I was a big fan of it. I think that, and I, nothing for nothing, but not to backtrack, but to backtrack. I love the end too, how they both hit the same finisher and, and their eye contact on each other was nonstop. I mean, Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis got a thing going on and I want to see more. Yeah. 
After that, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez had their interview, which Raquel Gonzalez brought up Dakota Kai turning on Tegan Knox, so she should have seen it coming. Dakota Kai then claps back by saying that she taught everything that Raquel Gonzalez knows, but she didn't teach her everything that she knows. So I liked her saying that. Yeah, I think, and that's, I, I definitely think that that's a great comeback because let's face it, for the most part, she's not wrong. I mean, Dakota Kai was the name when it was her and Raquel Gonzalez. It was really Dakota Kai with NXT, with everybody knowing how good she was as a wrestler and Raquel Gonzalez. Nobody really, she was just the, the powerhouse in the group. She was the diesel that nobody really knew much about. Yeah, but, and then she flipped it on Dakota Kai, and she calls her a sidekick. Yeah. I thought it was great interaction between the two of them. Yeah. After that, Carmelo Hayes picked up the victory over Duke Hudson to advance to the finals of the NXT Breakout Tournament. I didn't see that happening. I, you know what, man? I, I don't think I saw that either, and I feel like, I feel like Carmelo Hayes just controlled this whole match. Yeah, I thought Duke Hudson was definitely going to go advance. But... I thought that was very surprising, but he's going to be facing Odyssey Jones in the finals. Do we see Odyssey Jones going over? I I don't think so. I mean, he did have a dark match, right? He might have, yeah. I Odyssey believe he Jones, did. Right? I, I think, think he so. had multiple dark matches. Yeah. But he was, I liked... he, was, he, was on, he was on TV, I believe, even. Like maybe main event or something. Which is not TV. Oh. Eh, close enough. <laughs> I'd be like saying he was on 205 Live. Yeah. People watch That's it. not, I mean, I don't consider that TV. It's not airing on TV. He was on something that was not NXT. <laughs> right. But I liked Carmelo Hayes calling himself the final boss. Versus Odyssey Jones, who, like, looks like a final boss. Yeah. So, I, I think that match should be fun. I think so, too. Um, it would be cool if Carmelo Hayes does pull out that that victory. I um, think he will. You know, I... I had Duke Hudson versus Josh Briggs in the finals. And, boy, did that, that get smashed. Yeah. I could see Carmelo Hayes picking up the victory, too. I can see that. Um, Next. Yeah. yeah. After that, we saw a video package for JC Jane, which was also uh, also featured a rose in this. So it's, I think, just a matter of moments that we see until we see her and Gigi Dolan with Mandy Rose. But why? Maybe, like, that's the, the thing page that... sort of, like, uh, managerial. No, but that's way. the thing I hate. Because Mandy Rose is a good wrestler. Well, we've, we've seen her come up from NXT, from before NXT, to being someone and becoming a really talented in-ring performer to now going to be a manager. If so that's why, you're not going to be used as a wrestler, why it might as well be used in some other way. But that's why, that's what I don't like, is that I think that she is very talented, and for her to be not used in that sort of a role, I'm not a big fan of that. But well, 
Next up, you had MSK pick up the victor over Imperium to retain the tag team championships. Um, Earlier in the night, Imperium cut a promo with Walter, and uh, I just I still can't believe Alexander Wolf has gone. I know, I know. But these two had, or these four, I should say, had a really good match. Yeah, Walter, and there was a huge, the huge brawl. Yeah, Walter made his way out during the match, which caused some distractions. Dragunov ran down and attacked him, but Walter gets the upper hand there. Walter got the upper hand on everybody, pretty much. Almost yeah, MSK everybody. tried to save Dragunov after the match, but Walter take, took them out as well. Yeah. Walter choked him out to end the segment. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that even could have closed NXT. I... I kind of feel like it should have. I don't know. Uh, but after that, we saw a quick backstage uh, video gimmick with Rich Holland and Pete Dunne, where they spoke about Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. Rich Holland just uh, basically saying that he's looking forward to his match against, I believe, Timothy Thatcher. So that mm-hmm. should be fun next week, I believe. Um the segment that closes NXT. Karrion Cross and Samoa Joe face-to-face. Which we should Went have expected. A, yeah, it was a huge brawl. Karrion Cross put Samoa Joe through the barricade. And this and, brawl, it was nice, it was cool, and... Uh, who do you think is going to win? Joe, right? I think so. I think so, too. I think we're going with Joe. But so that is NXT. I was I would have spoken about NXT UK right now. However, Peacock did not work for me. <laughs> so I'm gonna talk. We'll talk about NXT UK uh, NXT Takeover 36 taking place at the uh, Capitol Wrestling Center. We know the five matches announced. We have a two out of three falls match. Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. The first fall is a traditional wrestling match. Um, the second fall is the street fight. And then, if necessary, the third fall is a steel cage match, exactly like his match against Johnny Gargano. I got to say, it's Kyle O'Reilly. Um, I'd be yeah. very surprised if we don't see Adam Cole at least on SmackDown at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I'm going to go with Kyle O'Reilly as well. I think he's picking up that victory. Unless they want to save it till like November for Monday Night Raw at Barclays. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going. I'm going Kyle O'Reilly. Riley. Next I just match. Said, I just said that given because of their. Uh, that's where he debuted and. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, Next he up... debuted at Barclays, but. Mm-hmm. The closest. Next up, you have. <laughs> Madison Square Garden, yeah. Next up, you have L.A. Knight defending the Million Dollar Championship versus Cameron Grimes with Ted DiBiase. If Grimes loses, Ted DiBiase becomes L.A. Knight's butler. I'm going to say Cameron Grimes. Yeah, I'm going Cameron Grimes as well. Yeah, definitely. For the NXT United Kingdom Championship, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov 2. Their first match was insane. 
So if they give this match the same amount of time and everything that went into that match for this, I think it'll be fantastic. And I think we're walking out of this NXT with a new champion. I that NXT. I know it's it's was... very hard to think of that, but I think we're going to see Ilya Dragunov as champion. You know, I'm going to agree with you. I I could see Dragunov as champion too. They had they were Dragunov has had the spotlight really for the past two weeks on NXT. So I'm going with uh, Ilya Dragunov as well. And what's next for Walter? I still want to see him and Finn Balor. Which I don't, I don't necessarily see Walter yeah, going to SmackDown, but that I why not? I, I just don't see that happening. I mean, him stepping up to uh, Roman Reigns. Mm, don't know if be, I see that either. I don't know. I I, w- I would definitely pop for Walter on SmackDown, but next I, up, of course, I would too. I know. Next up, the NXT Championship, carrying Cross with Scarlett. Take it on Samoa Joe. You heard us before. Samoa Joe. Yeah. And then the NXT Women's Championship, Raquel Gonzalez defending the title against Dakota Kai. I think Raquel is going to retain. I agree. I think Raquel Gonzalez is picking up that victory. Ever since Raquel Gonzalez has won that championship, I've been highly impressed with what she's been doing. Yeah. So, yeah. It's crazy that NXT TakeOver is on a Sunday night. Normally it's flipped. I don't still don't understand why SummerSlam's on a Saturday, but apparently the place that they're holding it wanted uh SummerSlam to be on a Saturday instead of a Sunday. Um the but for uh, what reason? In Nevada. That did I they I not don't like remember. They probably they did not like understand booked that that day. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure what the reasoning was, but that's what I ended up seeing somewhere that the reason why it was switched was because of the the stadium wanting it to be on a Saturday. Like I don't know if there's fans at the UFC show there, but there's UFC, there's SummerSlam, and then there's mm-hmm. that Pacquiao fight. All on the same night? Yeah. Well, that doesn't sound like it's going to be good for them. All in the city of Las Vegas. Vegas is going to be crazy. Yeah. Which, if you hear this before you're out there, just be safe. Yeah. Think of others. Also, wear deodorant, for God's sake. Yeah, forget the mask. Wear deodorant. (laughs) (laughs) Wear both. Wear both. (laughs) I'm going to move over to SmackDown. It opens up with Edge, who addressed what Seth Rollins said last week about what Seth Rollins did in 2014 to Edge. It was a super fired up promo, basically just saying that he has to break Seth at SummerSlam and he promised to burn him down. I thought it was a great promo from Edge. Definitely uh, one of his better promos from recent history. After that, Jey Uso picked up the victory over Rey Mysterio. Ray hit a dope uh, springboard moonsault from the apron onto the Usos outside the ring. Dominic tried to do that pin hold again with the like little drop kick gimmick, but the referee, Charles Robinson, caught him, goes to toss him from ringside, but the Usos attack both Ray and Dominic. Um, Jay Uso tosses Ray Mysterio back in, hits an Uso splash, picks up the victory. And I was not expecting that. 
especially going into the pay-per-view, I don't know what to think for 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 the pay-per-view now. After that, Baron Corbin picked up a victory over Kevin Owens via disqualification. Baron Corbin still had Big E's briefcase, uh, the Money in the Bank briefcase. And he came out, Big E came out during this to get the contract back. Corbin saw that, goes for the briefcase as well. And then Big E ends up attacking him. Corbin escaped it and uh, left with the, the contract. After that, Bianca Belair was backstage, uh, super fired up again, or not again, just uh, super fired up in the first place due to what Sasha Banks did last week. She also laid out threats to Zelina Vega and Carmella. After that, Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart picked up the victory over Tamina and Natalia in a championship contender match. I was not expecting to see Natalia back so soon after her injury. But uh, I don't know how this was a contenders match. They that they had three wins. This was their third win over Natalia and Tamina. Tegan Knox was out for she was at taken out at the beginning of the match, out for basically the whole thing. Shotzi got that quick roll up. That was the end of that match. After this, Seth Rollins came out and said that Edge basically rattled off every excuse as to why he's going to be losing to Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. People were going nuts for Edge here, so Seth Rollins was able to work off of that, and I thought that was fantastic. All of a sudden, the Broods music played, and Edge appears on the the Titantron, uses a line that he used from his first promo with the Brood, with the the freaks come out to play and Rollins got a brood bath I guess they couldn't call it a blood bath it was also more so black than red maybe because of the the tv rating I'm not sure but uh after that I, I marked out big time for that segment after that though we saw Otis pick up the victory over Montez Ford I think Montez Ford might have been wrestling in a bathing suit. Maybe he lost his gear or something. It was a quick match. Uh, Montez Ford still got some moves in, which I, I thought was great. He did the the, the crossbody from the top rope onto Otis, which I thought could have maybe been the end of that match, but it wasn't, and uh, it was still entertaining. After that, another quick match, Shinsuke Nakamura and Boogs defeating uh, Commander Aziz and Apollo Crews. Very happy to see Boogs wrestling. Uh, The submission move and the pump handle slam that Boogs did to uh, finish the match, I think, is fun. And it should be a cool aspect for a future video game with the air guitar before he actually hits the move or while he's hitting the moves. Um, So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of his matches. After that, Bianca Belair picked up the victory over Zelina Vega. It looked like they were going to start with uh, Carmella, but Zelina Vega tossed Carmella into the ring. Carmella tried to distract Bianca Belair during this match. It did not work, but she did hit her with two super kicks after the match. And uh, Bianca Belair goes into the second match, picking up the victory over Carmella as well. She hit a really nice vertical suplex reversal. Um, and then the, the match itself I thought was really good. 
And overall, I thought it was good victories, both of them, for, for Bianca Belair before SummerSlam. After that, it ends with a John Cena and Roman Reigns face-to-face segment. I thought there was going to be security there for this segment, but there wasn't. It was just Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, and John Cena. Paul Heyman said that nobody has beaten this Roman Reigns. And John Cena said regardless of him going off to Hollywood to film a movie, he's still here to beat Roman Reigns for that Universal Championship And John Cena also, I thought was funny, questioned the legality of him even signing the contract. He's just building up the fact that this is the summer of Cena. He's walking out as the 17-time champion. Uh, Another really good promo from John Cena. And the crowd was super hot for it. Roman Reigns is like, it's Las Vegas, let's raise the stakes. Either I'm leaving as champion, or I'm leaving WWE. He goes for a move, John Cena escapes it, goes into a pin, Roman Reigns obviously kicks out, and John John Cena escapes for that. That's the end of SmackDown. Moving over to SummerSlam, taking place in Nevada, at Allegiant Stadium, stacked card. They they announced that a a DJ was, I don't know if it was opening SummerSlam, I never heard of the person. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you what the person's name was. Uh, DJ Valentino Khan. So we have now three cons associated with current day wrestling. <laughs> but the matches on SummerSlam, we'll just run it up from the bottom. For the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships, AJ Styles and Amos defending those titles against RK Bro. I'm picking RK Bro. I am going RK Bro all the way. Definitely. Alexa Bliss will be facing probably Dewdrop. I'm going to say Eva Marie. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to go Alexa Bliss. I think that something's going to happen with uh, some little voodoo action between Dewdrop and Bliss, and it's going to cost Eva Marie the match. But next mm. up, you have let's go with Drew McIntyre. Take it on Jinder Mahal with Veer and Shanky banned from ringside. Ah, I don't um, want to say it, but McIntyre. Yeah, I'm saying McIntyre. They're selling uh, Drew McIntyre sorts at the SummerSlam store. That sounds safe. They're not like shoot swords. <laughs> They're like those Disney World swords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, For the WWE United States Championship, Sheamus taking on Damian Priest. I think there was going to be a new U.S. champion come Saturday. I, so Damian Priest. Yeah, I agree with you. Damian Priest. I mean, ever since everything with WrestleMania, Priest has been on a rampage. I'm going Priest. Rampage? Next up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, you have Edge taking on Seth Rollins. <sighs> I'm going to go with Seth Rollins. Uh, 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 oh. Good luck. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say Edge. All right. All right. Next up, the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship on the line. Bianca Belair defended against Sasha Banks. I'm going... Uh. Hmm. Who are you going? <laughs> I'm going to say Sasha Banks. Ooh. I'm going Bianca Belair. You know, 
Belair just won it at WrestleMania. I'm going Belair. Yeah. For the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, you have the Usos defending the title against the Mysterios, Ray, and Dominic. I'm, uh, I'm going to say the Usos retain. I'm going to go with the Usos retaining as well. Definitely. The WWE Raw Women's Championship on the line. Nikki A.S.H. defending the title against Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. I swear to God, my fingers are so crossed for Nikki Ash. I'm picking her to win. If there's any other outcome, I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> um, I'm leaning towards Charlotte Flair, but... I'm going to go with my heart and go with Nikki A.S.H. But WWE next. Championship on the line. Bobby Lashley defending the title against Goldberg. I'm going to say Goldberg and then Big E cashes in the money in the bank. Or does Lashley win and then Lesnar come out? I don't know. I'm going Goldberg. I'm going Do you Goldberg. Think the cash in too or no? Hmm. It is SummerSlam. Um Yeah, why not? Let's go with the cash in on that day. Let's do it. It's supposed to be like the biggest uh match of the year or the biggest pay per view of the year right now, so Yeah, let's do it. Rumors. Let's cash in. And then Next probably up. likely to be the main event. Yeah, the WWE Universal Championship on the line. Roman Reigns defending against John Cena. I'm going to go with Roman Reigns. If John Cena wins, he will become the 17-time champion. Wow. Wow. But I'm going with Roman Reigns as well. I'm going with Roman Reigns. Definitely. So... Those are our predictions for SummerSlam. Gonna take a little break now. Hear a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. We'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium. I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed Stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping 
with the code REGARDLESS, that's one for this uh, read, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 550. Remember to head over to manscaped.com, use that code regardless, get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Pick up the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 and other products on manscaped.com, use that code regardless. Going to talk about Rampage from last week. I can't promise that I'll talk about Rampage every single week, but if something big enough happens, like uh, CM Punk maybe appearing on this week's episode, I will discuss that next week. But on last week's, the debut episode, the very first match in AEW history, Rampage history, an Impact Championship title defense, and Christian picked up the victory over Kenny Omega, to become the new Impact Champion. Crowd was super hot for this match. Jericho was on commentary. Part of the four-man team. Mentions WWE within six minutes. Which I thought was funny. But Don Callis gets involved. Kenny Omega was able to low blow Christian. The Bucks slide a chair in for uh, for Kenny. And he goes to hit the one wing and Angel on it. But Christian hits the, the, the kill switch on it instead. Hebner, distracted for what seemed like uh, an hour, I thought was stupid. But this match sets up, or set up, Brian Myers versus Christian for the championship at Emergence. Brian lost that title match, though. But I think it's cool because they, they only wrestled, I believe, singles competition one other time on an episode of WWE Superstars way back when. Uh, next up, Mark Henry interviewed Christian after the match, and he said that it'll be nearly impossible for him to beat Kenny Omega at All Out, which again, I think is stupid because he literally just beat Kenny Omega for a title. So why would it be nearly impossible when he already did that? After that, Miro picks up the victory over Fuego Del Sol to retain the TNT Championship. Fuego attacks Miro before the bell rings. Hits him with a tornado DDT after the bell rings. And Miro was almost out for a nine count. Gets back in, gets hit with another tornado DDT. I think there was a 0% chance of of, uh, Fuego Del Sol winning this match. But I didn't like the fact that Miro was counted out for nine. That was like, it just made no sense. Miro's supposed to be this beast and this little guy who has never won finally is about to defeat Miro, the big brute. After the match, though, Miro rips up the contract. Fuego Del Sol, the the stipulation, I guess, was if he wins a match, he'll get a contract. 
But he lost the match. Sammy Guevara comes out. Tony Khan comes out. They hug for some reason. Sammy goes to the ring, offers Fuego Del Sol a contract. Um, for someone who only watches Dynamite, I don't know why people would care about this. Especially, like I said, he's lost every single match he's been in. The last time he was on television, it was unmasked on Monday Night Raw against Eric Rowan. So why should people care about Fuego Del Sol here? But he now has a contract, so... After that, Mark Henry interviewed Red Velvet and Britt Baker, which I think was a waste of time. And I know a bunch of this sounds a lot a lot negative, but I think Rampage was a lot better than Dynamite was. And, but the main event, Britt Baker picks up the victory over Red Velvet to retain the AEW Women's Championship. Britt Baker is, I think, normally one of the most over people on the shows, but it was like, Really nice to hear her be super over in Pittsburgh, which is her hometown. Red Velvet rips up. uh, um, She ripped Britt Baker's cast off at one point. Rebel gets on the apron, distracts the referee. Britt Baker kicks out. I don't know if that part was needed. But I liked Red Velvet trying to use Lockjaw. Britt Baker reversing it into her own Lockjaw. Red Velvet... Uh, stomped on Britt Baker's hand like Sasha Banks did to Bailey at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. I really appreciated that spot. And uh, Britt Baker switched the arm and won the match, and I thought that was fantastic. And after the match, Britt Baker attacked Red Velvet. Chris Statlander jumps into the ring to make the save, but Jamie Hayter makes her return to AEW and helps Britt Baker out. A lot of people were like, oh my God, Becky Lynch is in AEW. Okay. I don't think the crowd cared much about the aftermath here. But I thought it was a cool pop. Um, a bit flat, though. But I'm I'm happy that Jamie Hayter's back with AEW. After that, I'm going to talk about Triple Mania 24 really quickly because I think it's worth noting that Deanna Perrazzo defeated Fabi Apache to become the Reina de Reinas champion. So she's now uh, Impact champion and Reina de Reinas. Um, I'd really like to see her show up in AEW, but who would you put her up against is Britt Baker. And I don't think that match, I think it would be like, how do you have a finish to that match almost? But, Brian Cage pulled double duty on that show, working as one of the Marvel characters, as well as teaming with Black Taurus in a losing effort. Uh, Lucha Bros picked up the victory in that match to to retain the AAA Tag Team titles. Laredo Kid and Hijo Del Vikingo was also they were also in that match. Incredible match, crazy spots. That one spot where Taurus goes up to the top rope. And uh, Gorilla Press Slams, or whatever you want to call it, off the top rope. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, also on the show, in the somewhere during that show, Conan knocks on Andrade's door to see if he could be in Andrade's corner that night. And Andrade said no, because he has somebody bigger already. Conan then turns around, knocks on Omega's door, 
And uh, he's like, I have a way that would guarantee you victory. Omega lets him in and accepts that offer. Right away when Andrade said that he had somebody bigger, I thought it was going to be either Ric Flair or Roosh. And I thought that would probably be more likely to be Roosh than Ric Flair. But Kenny Omega picks up the victory over Andrade to retain the AAA Mega Championship. And this was Andrade's AAA debut. It was, I believe, Ric Flair's AAA debut. His manager ended up being Ric Flair, which was like in any other company like AEW, it seems like it's only a matter of time that it's going to happen. And maybe, I don't know. I was going to say maybe Ric Flair should have been Andrade's manager once they split him up from Zelina Vega. But I feel like Ric Flair sometimes like used to take everything and, and focus it on him. But seeing Ric Flair go face-to-face with Kenny Omega in AAA was like a trip. He got involved at one point, went chop for chop with uh, Andrade to Kenny Omega, uh, locked Conan in the, the figure four. So it was fun. I just, uh, I'm disappointed that Andrade didn't pick up that victory there. But maybe it opens up for Rouge to come in. Maybe it opens up Psycho Clown or or uh, Vikingo to take the title from Kenny Omega. I, I, I'm not sure. But AEW Dynamite this week, hailing from Houston, Texas. John Moxley, Eddie Kingston going to the ring to cut a promo. 2.0 and Daniel Garcia attacked them when they were going to the ring. Matty Martell calls out Sting and Darby Allen. That match takes place. Obviously, Sting and Darby Allen pick up the victory over 2.0 in a Texas Tornado match. I don't understand why that first part happened with Moxley and Eddie Kingston. And Eddie Kingston and John Moxley were just like out for for like the whole thing. Moxley was gone. Kingston showed up again uh, eventually to take Garcia out. But I don't know. Everyone's like marking out over this match. 2.0 puts Sting through a table and he gets right up. No sells it. Double double scorpion death drop, followed by a double scorpion death lock. Had that table spot not happened, I would have been completely fine with that ending. But I thought the fact that Sting no sold it, I thought that was dumb. And if any if that happened in, in another company, people would be losing their minds over it. After that, Sammy Guevara picked up the victory over Sean Spears. Last week, they touted that Sammy would have a huge announcement this week, and it turned out to be uh, footage that they showed from before the show of him proposing to his girlfriend that it then gets written into a storyline where Sean Spears made her an, honor- an honorary member of the Pinnacle. Sammy Guevara um, I, is pissed off from that, so attacks Sean Spears during his entrance for their match. In the match, we see Tully Blanchard hit Spears uh, or help Spears hit a pile driver outside the ring. Then the match begins. While Sammy Guevara is down, the bell ring starts the match. Guevara hits that huge cutter from the top turnbuckle. 
They both hop up there. Sean Spears flips him off. Guevara hits the, the RKO. And it was a kick out. Pretty, pretty surprising. Sean Spears hits a Death Valley driver from the middle rope. Another kick out. Sammy Guevara hits a, a Death Valley driver onto the metal barricade that was draped across the, the ring apron and the, the barricade. Didn't get disqualified. Also, I believe a kick out. Finally hits that uh, GTH to, to pick up the victory. Overall, pretty exciting match. Pretty uh, pretty good. After that, Dan Lambert, the, the MMA guy, had Junior Dos Santos and Andre Arlovsky, who I don't recognize. I, I know the name Junior Dos Santos. But he trash talks everybody. Um, talks about cancel culture. Lance Archer. Archer comes out, gets attacked by Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. That's the end of that segment. Big time miss. After that, the Young Bucks pick up the victory over Jurassic Express to retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. Brandon Cutler at one point was knocked off the apron. Luchasaurus hits a double chokeslam on the Bucks. Nothing. I thought we were going to maybe see Frankie Kazarian come out to take care of Brandon Cutler again. Maybe Michael Nakazawa. That did not happen. But the Young Bucks eventually hit an Indy Taker and a Senton at the same time. Decent, uh, was a decent double team move on both competitors. Uh, but Omega, he takes out Marco Stunt with a chair. The ref sees it and was immediately distracted by the Elite. Christian comes out to take Kenny Omega out. Jungle Boy suplexes himself through a chair. The Young Bucks obviously win, but after the match, Gallows and Omega drag Christian back out. The Elite jump all of them. And uh, I thought something big was going to come from that. It seemed like more of a, a segment you would close the show with. But... After that, we saw Britt Baker be interviewed, and Jamie Hayter is now, uh, I guess, 100% her enforcer. Jamie Hayter challenged Red Velvet to a match for next week on Dynamite, I believe. Uh, After that, they announced a tournament that'll end in a steel cage for the tag team titles. I don't know who will end up winning that match, but I believe it's um, Lucha Bros, uh, Jurassic Express. I don't know what other teams are in that. After that, though, they announced uh, Big Show came out, had a huge announcement, but QT Marshall cuts him off. He showed Big Show's x-rays and a near-naked photograph of Big Show's lower extremities for some reason. Just to put over the fact that Big Show has a bad hip or had a bad hip. I don't know how QT Marshall would have access to those files. But Big Show announced that at All Out, he will be making his return to the ring and face QT Marshall. I think it's a decent throwaway match. I know I saw a lot of people complain about that, but I don't mind seeing Big Show wrestle. He, he main evented WrestleMania last year for me. In my eyes, at least. 
given the the whole dark match that they showed on Monday Night Raw after the fact. So I'm fine with that. It's you need a, a, a card. It's a quick throwaway match. After that, Team Taz came out. Ricky Starks called Brian Cage out, but then they cut to the back and he was laid out by Will Hobbs. And then he gets picked up and Cage, as if he was never laid out, starts fighting with Will Hobbs. And the segment just ends. Starks runs to the back. That's it. We don't know what happens next with Team Taz and Brian Cage. A no-ending segment. It's like, tune in next week to find out what happened backstage. Death Triangle backstage, Andrade and Chavo show up. Almas told Pac that he needs to agree to his conditions for a match. And they hand over this giant manuscript of, I guess, rules that he'll have to abide by to face him. Which we also did not find out an ending for. We don't know what those rules are, but it was a thick page, book. It was like war and peace thick. After that, Thunder Rosa picked up the victory over Penelope Ford. I liked all the uh, the submission reversals in this match. Maybe went on a little bit too long, but Thunder Rosa picks up that victory. Um, Penelope Ford, though, has greatly improved since signing with AEW. So I think that's cool. After that, Arn Anderson and Brock Anderson were interviewed backstage. Arn Anderson spoke about Malachi Black. Brock somehow has a match against Alistair Black, uh, Malachi Black next week. I think his other match that they were in, that Black, that uh, aren't Brock Anderson was in, was so bad that there's like to me. No way he's even ready for a singles match on TV. So I have to assume that it's going to be Black Mass and then one, two, three, that's it. And if it's not, I'd be shocked. After that, Miro had a video package where he called Eddie Kingston out. So I guess Eddie Kingston will be getting a TNT championship title opportunity. Those uh, TNT championship matches, the rankings are just not there. It doesn't matter for those. But after that, John Moxley cuts a promo on Kenny Omega, Adam Page, Christian, and then finally turns his focus to Daniel Garcia, which sets up the main event for Rampage. I don't understand why Moxley's cutting a promo on Page and Christian. Daniel Garcia makes 100% sense since what happened at the beginning of this show. I don't see the other two making sense. But the main event of the evening saw MJF pick up the victory over Chris Jericho in the fifth and final labor. That was all I could have asked for. I was hoping 2.0 was going to pick up that victory over Sting and Darby Allin, but come on. Sting, they're, they're going crazy over Sting's first match in over 20 years on TNT and they're going to have him lose it? Don't think so. But Judas was banned, as was the Judas effect. The fans actually pulled off singing Judas. Sounded more uh, cohesive during the chorus, though. But to me, I mean, that's like, Jericho's not allowed to use Judas. There he's using Judas. In my eyes, that's an that's a automatic DQ. But Jericho goes on to have that match. He did a corner nine punch from the top rope, followed by Hurricane Rana. Don't know if I've ever seen that. Don't know the last time I would have seen that. Thought that was cool. 
MJF goes to use his ring, but Aubrey sees it, takes it away, takes an hour to do so. You take a ring, you throw it out of the ring, you turn away, you turn back into the match. She's spending like 35 minutes trying to place this ring outside the ring. Jericho uses uses baseball bat. He goes to use Judas effect, stops himself. I don't know if it's because the stipulation, I don't know if that was he can't use it at all or else he'd be DQ'd regardless of the referee seeing. But it's like the referee has the final call, so he stops himself from using it, even though the referee was distracted. MJF hits his own Judas effect, hits the the salt of the earth, and taps Chris Jericho out. Out of all those labors, perhaps maybe it would have been cool to see an Ultimo Dragon match, but, and obviously that Wardlow match was uh, not as exciting as Nick Gage and Juventude were. But the fifth match, I can't even like, oh, and also Sean Spears, that match, they can't use a chair. Big whoop. But uh, the main event, I, I thought was really good. I enjoyed that. But that is AEW Dynamite. I will, again, speak about Rampage next week if uh, CM Punk shows up or something big happens. Uh, but for now, hey, Brandon, got any shout outs? Damn it, Bobby. How many times do I have to tell you to listen to Brandon's shout outs? I have no connection to the movie, but the Yankees played the White Sox at the Field of Dreams in Dyersville, Iowa last week. So the Field of Dreams game is getting a shout out. I think it's pretty cool. They built the, the, the stadium for this. That was incredible i i loved every moment of it with costner coming out and then the players coming out of the field it It was was... a bit goofy and also the players bam roasted them eating the wrong kind of corn (laughs) (laughs) it was but uh but it was was really cool and they they mansfield announced that they're already they're gonna do it again next year right um yeah i think so the thing that i think was incredible too was the game itself was unbelievable with the Yankees somehow coming back to pull ahead and then we end it on a walk-off <laughs> home run by the White Sox. I You can't even script that any better. It was perfect. It was If you tuned in just at that very end, you were glued. It was so powerful and amazing and incredible. And just the walk-off home run where the home run just... I marked out that the home run just loses itself in the cornfield. It's It was beautiful. I really, I really think it was beautiful. I'd like to but see more sports next, do stuff like this. Do we see the Sandlot next? That's what I, I was don't seeing. think we're going to see the Sandlot next, but <laughs> like we already see like the uh, the Stadium Series stuff with uh, the Winter Classic and stuff with hockey. They're doing that too often now. See stuff like that inside of a baseball stadium, so that's cool. But yeah, I think that this could be their like Winter Classic kind of a deal. But like, what, where would another sport even go? Like, where would football go? Hmm. They play it on the beach or something. <laughs> on they a like beach. clear it out they clear out they flat out flatten out the beach they put out a uh 
a field in the middle of the ocean? Huh. Sure, you could renovate. The NFL has enough money; they could renovate a cruise ship. I mean, NBA could be field. NBA could just be a famous like street ball court. Yeah, take well, it to like, uh, Brooklyn. Something, or something in yeah, something in Brooklyn or Harlem or something like something where uh, a lot of these players played growing up, like some of the players from back back in the day. You know, I think that would be cool. Yeah. But uh, next shout out going to the brand new show on Stars. It's called Heels. If you're familiar with it, it's uh, known to you. But if you're not familiar with it, it uh, it's a new program starring Stephen Amell and Alexander Ludwig, who was in Race to Witch Mountain with The Rock. It's all grown up now, and it's about pro wrestling. Yeah, and super know. southern, very yeah. Bible belty. But I enjoyed the first episode. It's on Stars every Sunday. CM Punk is going to be on the, uh, I believe, the third episode. So in two weeks from now. Yeah, so and Stephen Amell, everybody knows, is a big wrestling fan. So this is a cool little venture. Stephen Amell also tied to SummerSlam weekend. At yeah. SummerSlam, I should just say. He had that match at SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah. But my last shout-out, speaking of tying stuff together, goes to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Took place August 22nd, 2015, which is six years ago, Sunday. Same date as NXT TakeOver, 36. Got to see matches. Enzo Amore teaming up with Big Cass and the Hype Bros to take on American Alpha and The Revival. Eva Marie versus Carmella, Bull Dempsey versus Elias, Emma Bull versus Dempsey. Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Dana Brooke. Then the main card, Jushin Liger picking up the victory over Tyler Breeze, the Vaude villains taking on Blake and Murphy, Apollo Crews, which, by the way, that uh, huge pop for Blue Pants still in that match is surreal. But uh, Apollo Crews making his in-ring debut for NXT, taking on the vic- taking on and defeating Ty Dillinger. Samoa Joe versus uh, Baron Corbin. My favorite match of all time, Bailey versus Sasha Banks. And then the main event, Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens in a ladder match for that championship. Still, it's really crazy that six years ago. Yeah, time flies. Yeah, but those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for our... Right, our mark out moment of the week, which I need to mention last week, we spoke about the new generation arena and how um, Doink was maybe going to struggle to to make it past there. And definitely the the ring skirts were going to struggle. They completed everything by the time I finished recording. Wow. So I think that's cool. Everybody who pre-ordered, especially everybody who pre-ordered during that uh, that Macho Man pre-order. They're getting the Macho Man. They're getting the, the Diesel, the Doink, the ring skirts. Everything. The ring itself, obviously. Yeah, the, the arena pieces. So that's really cool. Um, I just hope that next time it's it's gonna, it'll be cheaper and something like really worth it. 
I still don't know how we don't have like a, a gobbledly gooker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. No. <laughs> but uh, also last week after I recorded SmackDown, Kevin Owens tweeted out the reason why he won the match the way he did against Baron Corbin last week with a sunset flip. And he said it was because of Flex Cavana. So I popped for that. That was the Rock's finisher when he was first starting. So that was pretty cool. You have uh you have any markout moments? Uh let's see. Um yeah, it's going to be AEW Rampage CM Punk making his uh debut. No, you yeah, can't no. say that. We don't know that yet. <laughs> that is totally going to be my markout moment of the week. If this takes place That'll be next week then. <laughs> would it? No. Oh yeah, yeah. The recording would the Mark Almond would be next week, but I'm making it known right now that if this takes place, it's going to be my markup <laughs> moment for like the, every single episode for the rest of the year. But don't probably. you think it's overhyped at this point even? No. A hundred percent. I thought I would, I thought, dude, I thought I was, I would never, I was never going to be behind him or anything like that again. But every time what? Cult of Personality goes on the radio, I mark out. I don't know. The way that, well, I guess because you don't watch AEW, so it's not like shoved down your throat with all those, like, references and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I watched I watched the um, Jericho versus MJF from the other night, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved the crowd. I loved the atmosphere. I thought it was awesome. So I definitely marked out for watching AEW, that main event. I mean, maybe but, it's because but in the I main don't event, watch it. Since you watched that main event, was it not stupid when Aubrey Edwards took like an hour to deal with the ring? The Maxwell Jacob Feinstein ring? Friedman? Ah, uh, I didn't... It, it, didn't make, it didn't look stupid to me because any other referee, the same thing happens. I it's thought just, she it's... took way too long on that. Like, I already said that. And, and the yeah. whole Jericho using the bat but not the Judas effect, the referees turned away. Yeah, but he wanted to go by the by the book. He can't do the Judas yeah. effect. Yeah, he wants to go by the book, so he uses a bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think, honestly, I also spoke about this earlier. Ric Flair showing up at Triple Mania. I don't. I, I definitely didn't expect that until Andrade said what he said backstage. But I think that was cool. The fans actually responded to Ric Flair, so I think that was also cool. Yeah. But uh, Rick Flair, Rick Flair having a busy, busy week. Have you uh, seen yeah. anything on Twitter at all or no? <laughs> um, no, I saw him on a train. Yeah, him it. on a train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's funny that like that got picked up so much that he had to actually come out and say, like, I would never be caught on a train. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's it. And but... it's funny because it's like. Our trade. Yeah. The Long Island Railroad. Everyone, some yeah. people are like, oh, did you see what Ric Flair did on an airplane? It's like, no, that's the Long Island Railroad. We know that train. No. We've taken many a trips on that train. Yes, we have. But, but that is the mark out moment of the week. And that is episode 550. Check us out on Twitter at Mark and Out, uh, at Chris Sweendog. Follow Dave and I on Instagram and Twitter at BTTG161, at David PTDPT. 
Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash out. Instagram and YouTube at MarkingOut11. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Use the code REGARDLESS. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping over at Manscaped.com. We're, we have a Twitch account, twitch.tv slash out. Nobody streams from it, though. But you can <laughs> still give that a follow. Um, we're on Spotify Podcasts, uh, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, and most importantly, you can go to MarkingOut.com, listen to the shows there as well. Give us uh, maybe subscribe on, on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, etc. We wish you the... The... Best of luck, luck in your, your future, future endeavors. endeavors.